It's DTS 57, and it looks like there's a new weapon trying to compete for that Yalahorn top spot. All the news from Gamescom and more. You're listening to Destiny the Show. Welcome, Guardians. What is up, listeners? My name is BBK Dragoon. Welcome to another round of Destiny the Show. Joining me, as always, is my great co-host, Diddy. How are you doing today? Doing very well. I started teaching band camp this past week, and we have one more week coming up, and that was super awesome and super fun. And then you're just graduating in a couple of weeks, man. Yep. Just very, uh, very exciting. last leg, finally I, doing those uh, final preparations. I hate to be the one who points this out because a bunch of people in the comments did. Last week we said we didn't think much was going to be shown at Gamescom. <laughs> I thought a trailer was going to be shown and you were saying, nah, just probably the new build. Well, who would have thought they revealed just about a metric ton? <laughs> this was a bigger data dump than E3 and it was huge. This this outside of like E3's before vanilla was the biggest like news dump I think of Destiny stuff we've seen. I would agree with that. They came ready to play at Gamescom, and it all happened on Monday, which is frustrating for us because we record the show on Sunday and it goes live <laughs> on Tuesdays. So we maybe need to change the timing, or we just can continue having these like crazy news dumps on Monday. Do you want to just hop right into it since there's so much to talk about? Let's do it. Awesome. So we're going to go through everything that happened at Gamescom this week. There was a ton of new information. I want to start out with an article that Planet Destiny put out, 20 reasons to be excited about the Taken King. You know, not only did we have interviews from IGN with Deej and the press conference that went on, um, I don't know if they actually did anything at the big press conference other than the trailer reveal. Can you remember if they did or not? I wasn't watching. I think so. it was just behind closed doors with the media and stuff. I didn't, Mainly so, I didn't yeah. see anything on the main stages. And Game Informer was running. Yes. Like all this month, mm-hmm. Game Informer is running stories about Destiny and the Taken King. And it's kind of like IGN's first look. So if you have, I think, a digital subscription for Game Informer, you might be able to see this stuff before other people. It's all getting shared on the community sites anyway. So uh, let's go through this article that's being updated on planetdestiny.com, starting with weapons, armor, and class items. And guess what? Even your ghost shell all offer perk customizations as well as an increased power and light for your hero. The RNG algorithm has been retooled to be smarter, rewarding you for more frequently, excuse me, rewarding you more frequently with items you could use and attempting to avoid giving you those that you already have. Do you hear that, Diddy? Maybe no more hard lights. <laughs> Hopefully not. I got another G-O-D this week, by the way. In oh my gosh. Fall. So I'm, I'm at, I think, 12 now that I've gotten. <laughs> they say here that Metroid Prime style opt-in lore will be present in the Taken King, where you press a button to bring up info on something in real time. So it's like grimoire in the game, basically, right? Yeah, so every time you find a dead ghost shell, you can you see that little grimoire banner pop up on the bottom. You can hit a button, and it'll pull up that grimoire card, something like that. That'd be really nice. Totally. All of the original missions have been reorganized, contextualized, and placed within a larger quest framework. Even older subclasses have dedicated quest lines that explain their use and place within the world. So that quote is referring to the questification that's going to happen to Destiny before the Taken King, actually. When we get the 2.0 patch, which is going to happen two weeks, you think? I don't know, three weeks? Two, three. two weeks is the beginning of September, isn't it? So It is. Yeah, absolutely. 
I'm call- our prediction was they're going to release 2.0 the week before the Taken King. Mm-hmm. So September 9th, maybe. Yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. Vanguard vendors have quests unlocked at certain points of progression. And get what? Guess this subclass quests. The Titan like has a quest line. The Warlock will have some quest lines. Same thing with the Hunter. Really cool stuff, right? Yeah. This is super awesome. The ominous Eris Morn will have quests that lead to the rediscovery of a forgotten weapon type. This makes me kind of think of sidearms, which sidearms were woefully underdeveloped. I don't know, just underpowered. Just I don't, it was a have... it was a really poor attempt at a teaser for what's to yeah. come. Uh, but this forgotten weapon type is it sidearms or is it something new? Something new, obviously. Okay. It's not yeah. a sidearm. It's going to be I pretty hope. sweet. I'm yeah. I'm glad I'm just glad they're introducing a new weapon type. Is this going to be for the exotic Gallahorn, which we'll get to in a second? Uh, we will get to the sleeper stimulant. I don't think so because the sleeper stimulant is a fusion rifle that goes in your heavy slot, basically. Okay. Maybe it could be one of those kind of fusion things where it mixes a different weapon type in a different slot, but I'm not sure. You can now equip emotes, and that's available below below where your emblem is. When you hold um, the left trigger or L2 on the PlayStation, on the pause screen, there's like a new little UI that happens where you get this instant glance at what like damage type your weapon is doing, if it's void, solar, or hmm. arc, which is pretty cool. There are, you know, a new thing in the UI where for your intel, discipline, and strength, it actually tells you in seconds what the cooldown is with your current stats instead of the percentage. <laughs> you know, like right now we've got that the percentage marker. Useful. Like totally. 100% intellect, like what does that turn to? 270. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's helpful because, you know, now it's just, it's making it simpler for the newer players. As an alternative to using or sharding your new high-powered legendary weapons and armor, you can also improve an item you like by sacrificing another piece from the same gear slot. That, that actually sounds really crazy to me because let's say you want a better stat roll on that legendary chest piece that you got and you sacrifice Taken King gear in the chest slot to maybe increase it. We're getting into min-max culture pretty quick here. Yeah, it sounds something like if you have five hard lights, you know, you can shard four other hard lights to buff up that one hard light. That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, how does that work with a weapon? That sounds like (laughs) it sounds dangerous with a weapon. With gear, I can get it because you're going for the min-max. But like with a weapon, what do you... (laughs) This one's 367 attack now. (laughs) I don't know. The Cryptarch more reliably provides rewards that match the engrams you give him. Yeah, likely story. I've heard that (laughs) sentence before. Maybe three or four times in the life cycle of this game. (laughs) The Gunsmith has a reputation um, counter now, so and you can level it out by testing common prototypes in the field. These test weapons have a built-in challenge, like killing Hive on the Dreadnought or using a sniper rifle to get headshots in the Crucible. Check out as many as you want at a time. So you basically hit a certain reputation level with the gunsmith and he'll open up arms day purchases where you pay glimmer to order a new legendary weapon. And on Wednesday, that weapon arrives with a random set of perks that just what I need to see more of that in action. That's just crazy. What? Yeah, it almost sounds like whenever you receive your first legendary weapon on a character, the um, postmaster gives you a bounty lead and then the bounty tracker gives you get 10 kills with this weapon or in yeah. that bounty. That's what it sounds yeah. like. It's going to take a bounty slot. Interesting. 
And arms day purchases. That makes it sound exciting. If these are good <laughs> weapons, I mean, actually, it sounds fun. Here's a crappy sniper rifle, like an NLB ripoff, and then go into the crucible and get however many headshots with it. Hey, so, don't hate on the NLB. I know you love your NLB. It's the best exotic primary weapon in the game. Exotic oh primary sniper rifle. Hush you. There you go. <laughs> Legendary marks replace crucible and vanguard marks. Armor materials replace hadronic essence, sapphire wire, and plasteel plating. So they're simplifying. They're taking the three different basically armor materials and combining them into one and they're also combining crucible and vanguard marks that's interesting to me the crucible vanguard mark combination and it just they're called legendary marks now yeah it's going to be worth noting we don't know how they're going to adjust the trophies and achievements for um, getting max crucible and vanguard marks in a week so do that before the taken king uh, until we hear something about it diddy you're thinking ahead with that one yeah Excellent. No longer do you have to wear class items to gain reputation. Instead, you pledge your allegiance um, to gain reputation for a faction (laughs) one at a time. And then you can turn in unwanted materials for reputation. So that means you could probably get rid of, like, I don't know if you get rid of shards. Okay. Oh, yeah. Smart. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense, wouldn't it? I love the idea of pledging because... I have that warlock bond that glows with the red fire that they sold original, like vanilla destiny Vanguard stock. And I loved it, but I'm a new monarchy kid. So I run that new monarchy thing all the time. It's just not the same. So the ability to pledge where whatever class item you want, that's pretty hype. No more emblems and shaders taking up vault space. They've got this great idea called the shader console and emblem console in the tower. Man, I'm having so much trouble talking today, Diddy. (laughs) It's okay. Basically the way it works is, Anything you've accumulated in terms of emblems and shaders are going to be available in this console. And you can go to the console and pull them out, but they don't take up emblem space. It's absolutely brilliant, right? Yeah, people have been demanding this forever. Like, why don't just shaders and emblems unlock on our character? We can access them at any time. Now they're doing that. I love it. Totally. And they say below this, because everybody's brain's working, well, if you can do this with emblem and shaders, certainly you can do this with the vault, right? And here was their response. We're still bumping into a technical limitation for vault space. We are exploring options for getting stuff out of players' inventories via these kiosks that we've placed around the tower. But we're still working toward a solution that we're excited about. And they did mention in some of the streams, Deej and the IGN interview we're about to talk about will say that vault space is something they're going to demonstrate how they're changing that system. And they're going to do that during one of their live streams. But it doesn't sound like it's going to be as simple or easy as this shader. Because if you look how many emblems and shaders in the game, that's far (laughs) less than the gear available, right? Yeah. I'm not defending it. We all want more vault space, obviously. So Yeah, obviously. You can change which weapon is displayed in the tower for all you people who are, you know, fashion destiny players. There are over a dozen new exotic weapons, half a dozen new armor pieces for each class. So there's 18 new exotic armor pieces. Uh, there's an auto rifle that shoots bolts of chain life, chain lightning. Oh my gosh, dude, I'm so bad today. Sniper rifle blend blinds enemies on precision hits. And then the no time to explain. What is the no time to explain, dude? No time to explain is an exotic version of the stranger's rifle, sort of. So we're yeah, that's awesome. They're taking that quote from the storyline that everybody hates and or everybody makes fun of, and they're turning it into an actual weapon. Yep. There's eight new crucible maps, three new modes, mayhem, rift, and zone control. I don't know what zone control is. Uh it says here only controlling matters, kills don't. So it's basically domination. Territories. Yeah, probably. And the kill count. Because control is the combination. It's like a hybrid TDM and control or domination combined, basically. Yeah. 
They have quests to ease new players in, where five weekly bounties will be available in addition to much faster daily bounties. If you finish all five weekly bounties, you will unlock a big bad bounty, where you have a chance at a powerful reward like a legendary or exotic weapon. That's a great idea. It's a little catch-up mechanic. Yeah. Better matchmaking for skill and connection. I would hope so. I'm running into some frustrations (laughs) there. The Crucible will have a mercy rule that will end dramatically misbalanced matches early to preserve player sanity and kill death ratio. That's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Shax does shout, show no mercy (laughs) when you're winning. But I do understand, like, if it's 16,000 points to 900, obviously... It's going to be a very slim chance that the 900 team's going to win. So, but, but there's still a chance there. Like <laughs> the other team's controllers could break, the power could go out. There's a fighting chance. Never give up. The Crucible <laughs> is no place for mercy, like you said. That's actually, I don't know. I'm kind of excited about that. As long as it's not like the game ends now, Guardians, and it just <laughs> stops, you know? Yeah. We've been told there are at least eight new lengthy missions. Um, more than eight is what, you know, I think it was eight plus was the number that was given. Um, seamlessly integrated with strikes, public events, class quests, and eventually the raid. And the raid is called King's Fall. So we're taking out Oryx, obviously. Hopefully. <laughs> Complete the main storyline for access to the ancillary The Taken War with harder narrative-driven missions that have us revisiting old locales like the Vault of Glass. People aren't going to be excited about visiting old locales. That shouldn't be. That's you not think, a feature. You think we're going to go back down into Crota's End? Totally. There was a screenshot uh, from the trailer that was released where you're in Crota's End and there's this little urn or whatever. Oh, really? And it's got the remains of Crota there. I must have missed that. Yes. Short, it was tweeted out by the Legend Blue. Oh, we okay. both follow that guy. Shout so. out. I undertook a mission into the Vault of Glass called Unsealed Paradox, which finally provides some answers regarding the fate of Praedith. Mm-hmm. And that quote is from somebody in this post here. There's four new strikes, three for Xbox users, four if you're a PlayStation user, and there's also three remixed older strikes. What are the remixes, Diddy? Remixes are taken versions of strikes we currently know of. So we know the Valis to Arak strike is getting a remix and the Dust Palace, right? Getting a remix yes. as well. And we're getting Dust Palace. So everybody, Xbox, yeah. when year two starts, we're getting all the PlayStation exclusive content. So yeah, so Xbox users, you're not just getting three new strikes. You're getting six new strikes, right? Because we get there's one in Dark Below and then there's two in Vanilla, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of their names. Uh, Dust Palace, um, Undying Mind, and something else. I don't remember. That's okay. They really are memorable, obviously. <laughs> I haven't played them so long. No worries. Uh, that's it for the 20 reasons to be excited about the Taken King. Thank you, Planet Destiny, for staying on top of things. The weekly update is from Cosmo. Not much went down, except we're going to get some live streams, right, Diddy? Yes, it's now confirmed that they are going to do Twitch reveal streams similar to what they did with House of Wolves prior to the launch of The Taken King. Yep, and so with the timeline being what it is, in about two weeks, I bet we would start seeing the first stream. Because yeah, it's so three this, for House of Wolves. Yeah, so this week we're going to get, um, I'm pretty sure we're going to get an official stream schedule from Deej or Cosmo in the weekly mm-hmm. update. They might be revealing, too, who, you know, if they're going to bring in community personalities to talk about this stuff. 
Yeah. Uh, if you're listening, Deej, you can invite us. Oh, We'd yeah. be more than happy to jump on. As I've proven today, I'm very good at reading things without, <laughs> you know, mispronouncing words. So that means you'll invite me instead of him, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was an IGN interview with Deej that we're actually going to talk about right now. And guess what? Light level is 40. Boom. Max level is 40. I guess I shouldn't say light level. Do you want to explain how level is changing basically in year two? So whatever level you are currently is the level you start at for the Taken King. Max light level, like achieved in year two. Like if I took off my gear and was a level 29, right? But I've, I've hit 34. The game has recorded I've hit 34. Even if I'm going into year two wearing 29 gear, I'll start at 34. Didn't mean to cut you off. Right. No, yeah. Thanks for that explanation. And um, you basically, it's just like the old leveling system from 1 to 20. You can get up to level 40 that way. Yep. XP based. And it doesn't matter what gear you're wearing. So basically, if I'm a level 40 in the Taken King, I can put on a pair of white gear, blue gear, green gear. Doesn't matter. I will be a level 40 regardless. And then I put on a full set of legendary gear with one exotic. I'll still be level 40. That does not change anymore. But there is still light level on gear. So legendary gear is obviously going to have a higher light level. You're going to have higher attack and defense stats than somebody who's just wearing common stuff. If, If I was wearing white armor at level 40, I would have less damage output and I'd take more damage than somebody wearing legendary gear at level 40. I hope that makes sense, right? Yeah, uh, I understand what you're saying. I like this. It's a simplification of the system. For newer players, it's going to make more sense rather than, let's face it, when you look at a piece of gear and it's got, what is House of Wolves gear? Light level 36 or 42? Uh, 42. 42 42 is fully ascended gear. Yeah, which doesn't make sense when you're wearing a full kit that brings you to 34. You know what I'm saying? Like It just was like, we get it because we play all the time, but if you're a new player, you'd be like, what does that mean? Yeah, you would expect a full set of light level 42 gear to get you to 42. That Yeah, and it's pretty confusing. Exactly. And here's a quote. Light, while no longer contributing to level, is still a trustworthy indicator of your power. Missions will have a notice to the effect of recommended light which will ensure that it will be doable from your current light amount. Higher quality gear will increase your light, which will increase how much damage you can take and deal, which is pretty sweet. Everybody's getting a consumable level boost, and I quote, We also wanted to make sure that players who may have never even played the game at all were immediately able to participate in the events of The Taken King, particularly because it might very well be the case that between two friends, One buddy might be just beginning, and one friend might be at a higher level, and we wanted them to be able to play together. So everybody is getting a consumable level boost. You'll pick it up in the tower. I don't know how many we're getting. They didn't say what level you're going to be starting at if you're going to start at, like, light level 30 or light level 32 or 34. They didn't say. That'll be revealed at a later time. I couldn't, I don't really see them starting us at 32, but I don't know. Your thought? I I think they're going to start us at whatever level the story missions from House of Wolves ended at. So if it is 32, 32, I would assume that we're going to start, they're going to allow us to start at 32 so that we can do those Taken King story missions with our friends. That would make sense. I love this idea. I really do. It's an encouraging factor. I'm going to bring up the WoW reference here. Warlords of Draenor came out (laughs) and they gave players the option of a free level 90 boost. So anybody who got that expansion 
say Vito, one of my good friends, you get Warlords of Draenor, he and I can play on day one. Even though I've, you know, done all the leveling, I've got my characters there, he doesn't have to spend a boatload of time doing old content, jump right into the new stuff. It's, it's a like a trial idea. period of uh, giving you that higher level account. Totally. It's a reward for buying it. Try the new stuff. Talk about it with your friends instead of the old MMO detriment of, all right, guys, I'll see you in about 90 hours after <laughs> I level up this thing. There is going to be class-specific items beyond, you know, marks or marks, bonds, and cloaks. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sweet. Yeah, I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah. So weapons. There's going to be actually class weapons, warlock weapons, hunter weapons, titan weapons. Very, very cool. And we don't know much about it, but any way to specialize a class even further, I like it. As long as it's balanced. Don't give the hunter the best PvP weapon in the game, because hunters already rock at PvP. <laughs> I love my hunter, by the way. Hunter is awesome. Convert. There's the t- totally. There's the tower changes that we talked about earlier with those little kiosks, which is pretty cool. Uh, should we, we should definitely talk about the Nolan North um, voice acting change. Absolutely. Drive away. How's yeah. it going? So Peter Dinklage is no longer the ghost for Destiny. Once the take it, or once the update 2.0 comes out, Nolan North will be our guide through the Destiny universe. And he's actually re-recording all of year one's ghost dialogue. So yep. once the update 2.0 comes out, there will be no more Peter Dinklage in Destiny. Kind of sad, but Nolan North is an amazing voice actor who's worked on a ton of games before, and Uncharted. he actually was the voice in that um, the trailer, the We Are Guardians trailer, which is one of the trailers that was released. It's in the weekly update. It's linked on our website. It's definitely worth checking out. And poor Dinklage, no more Dinklebot, man. I'm a little bit sad about this. For people who don't know, like who weren't here for the vanilla period of Destiny, Peter Dinklage in the alpha and the beta, his voiceover was lackluster and then in the full release of the game it's also kind of lackluster but it became an internet joke like a destiny community joke like we kind of liked the campy voiceover sometimes the emotionless or flat performance and peter dinklage is an amazing actor so i don't know what circumstances or conditions were there when he was recording stuff for it to turn out kind of you know like bad enough to be turned into this destiny kind of a joke but moving forward, I guess that's not the tone that they wanted for the game. Do you think they're going to be doing any story elements to sort of explain why the ghost has changed or just it's going to happen? And Why the ghost changed? Oh, I don't know. But they have said that the ghost is going to be more of a guide than he was in Vanilla Destiny yeah. in future Destiny expansions. If I was writing, I would have you do this epic fight and Oryx takes Dinklage. And Dinklage just goes away and you have to get a new ghost. And then, like, at Destiny 3, you know, six years down the road, we rescue Dinklage, like Cortana status. Oh, my gosh. That would be... Oh, what if Dinklage becomes an enemy down the road? Like, he joins forces with Oryx and helps him open doors all over the galaxy. He gets a laser face. (laughs) Like, straight... That's (laughs) Oracle from Halo 3 right there. All right, I'm totally getting off space. Uh, The Vault Space thing will be explained. Oh, taking enemies... Let's talk about the 12-minute gameplay demo that you and I saw the leak of. They were showing the first mission of the Taken King campaign to people at Gamescom. They showed it to select people at E3 as well, so none of this is that new. You and I saw a leak of it, and they actually, during the interviews, were showing off a lot of the footage from the mission, not the actual, like, 
demo itself, but a lot of footage from it. So it's not much of a spoiler if we walk people through the demo and how the Taken King uh, mission looked. So what stood out from you from the mission from the beginning? Let's just start the Guardian Lands. You're on Phobos. What next? So Phobos is a moon of Mars, right? So mm-hmm. our first enemy we encounter is the Cabal, and we fly in. It's it's what you would expect from a typical Destiny mission. It doesn't really spoil anything, in my opinion. Like, there's no, um, aside from the taken enemies, there's no new surprising thing. So if you've seen the trailers, there's nothing spoiler about this uh, leak footage. So um, moving on, first enemy we encounter is the Cabal, and the Cabal are evacuating this base, right? And they have no idea why. Uh, we get Commander Zavala is the voiceover, and so is Eris Morn. They're kind of guiding us through this story mission. And uh, it's actually kind of interesting to hear those two characters interact with one another. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. We never experienced that before. We never, we just had Eris talk to us, right? We don't know, yep. you know, we don't know what happens in the tower whenever the Guardians go to bed. You know, Eris Morn, Cade Six, Commander Zavala, they have parties. You know, totally. There's a a bar in the tower, so that's obviously Mm -hmm. their social space. So they can get to talking, and they're guiding us through the story mission. And we meet Oryx, and it's pretty intense. The new music is very cool. It's a different tone. It's a different feeling from Year One. Certainly, it does feel like a typical Destiny mission, except for the fact that there's more am like I don't know what would you call it tone and surrounding movement so like certain crates will get knocked over an elevator lifts up there's ships flying in the air more things that make it feel like a story mission than just i'm in a patrol area walking to a darkness zone basically. oh yeah that's a really good point yeah because the first couple missions of destiny are let's fly into patrol cosmodrome and walk around and look around a bit that's basically. not the case this time this no. is like there's a sense of urgency. Scripting. Yeah, there's scripted events that happen, basically. Not not cut, sign, cut scene. No, quick time. Jeez, I can't talk today. Not quick time stuff, but still more noticeable elements of storytelling. Oryx appears. Eris drops another, you know, bring me the eyes style moment. And Oryx is terrifying. He speaks English, which is pretty cool. Somebody told me there was another boss that spoke English. Like, Crota spoke English in one of the Dark Below missions. Is that true? We don't see Crota in any of the story missions, I don't think. No, no, no. In Dark Below, uh, like when he's trying to be summoned, don't you hear his voice? I know you don't see him, but... He's kind be. of like whispering. It's not okay. really It's not really dialogue. Oryx very clearly says, you took my son, now I will take you, in this ridiculously scary voice. I'm excited about this. I want more bosses to communicate in our language because... It's more personalized. It allows the bosses to have more personality than this, you know, estranged alien creature. It's something that he knows what you are, he knows what you did, and he's coming to get you. And then a bunch of Taken enemies show up. And the new abilities for the Taken enemies, you know, they were talking about some of the abilities. Like, captains have solar shields that can throw out slow-moving balls of darkness that blind guardians, which is really cool. (laughs) Knights do an AoE scorch attack. Centurions possess deadly tracking shots that can aggressively seek around corners. Wizards can summon shadow thralls for a zerg-like rush, so they can pull thralls out of the ground that are just going to go right at you. Scions multiply if they are not quickly dispatched, so they split into multiples, which is going to be horrible because I already hate scions to begin with. 
Vandals deploy a defender titan-like shield that restores their health and is permeable Ugh. to their fire alone, so they can shoot out of it, but you can't shoot in. And then this one's great. Thralls can teleport short distances. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's just, the taken enemies are just, they're terrifying, in a word. Mm-hmm. Because... And- if the first time, if they don't listen to something like this, like a podcast, or they don't read the news, they don't look at any of the trailers, first time they experience that, they're going to be like, what the, f-, you know? Totally. Like, what is happening? And yep. where did that Defender Bubble come from? And how can they shoot through it? That's unfair. And that's really exciting to me. In the demo, we saw Cabal shoot this thing out of their shield, so their shield now shoots energy that does damage, and it knocks enemies back. So if you are a guardian and you're chasing them, you're fighting them, their shield has this little whirlpool effect. It fires at you, you get knocked back, like a league, you know, knock back. Really cool effect, and it fits Cabal, because Cabal already knock you back with their shields and do all sorts of crazy physics <laughs> junk with that stuff. The Court of Oryx was also talked about briefly. It's where you can engage in a player-instigated public event. It's called the Court of Oryx. It's not like Prison of Elders, but it does pit you against different combinations of bosses in different scenarios. Presumably, there will be rewards, tiered or otherwise, for varying levels of success in this activity. We don't know much about it, but Court of Oryx sounds rather interesting. Public? Are they they calling it a public event? Yeah, it's a... It's a player instigated public event. That's what mm. it was called. Interesting, so. because you, we're talking that it's similar to Prison of Elders. So I was thinking for a second that it was an arena challenge, but yep. that's public event. Okay, yeah. Don't get rid of your Gear One gear. I'm sure this week the main thing must be red. Or what did gear, I say? Year One gear. Year One gear. You said Gear One gear. Oh, Gear One gear. <laughs> it's going along with the theme of I can't talk today. So. Don't get rid of your Year 1 stuff just yet. It has been revealed that your Year 1 weapons, there's no plan for them to be ascending in terms of legendary items. They don't have a system in place to do that. But that doesn't mean they're going to be useless in Year 2. When you're playing something like Crucible, which is normalized, right? The weapon attack value does not matter. Your good weapons are still going to be good as long as it's not something like Iron Banner. So don't get rid of that stuff just yet. But no, as... You know, this is one of those polarizing things. Year one legendaries are not going to progress and be the top tier weapons in year two. For me, it's not a big surprise. I don't think for Diddy, it's a big surprise. Nope. The two sides of the argument is I worked really hard in year one to get my Fate Bringer, you know, Vision of Confluence, or insert whatever weapon here. Why would Bungie invalidate all my effort from year one in year two? And the counter argument on the other side is every MMO ever. When a new expansion releases, New gear comes along that's more powerful than previous gear. I worked really hard in Mists of Pandaria to get a full set of raid gear that was pretty good. And then Warlords of Draenor came out, and it instantly was no longer the top. I needed to do it again. It's fairly common for people who play these types of games. I'm not going to invalidate either opinion. You can have whatever opinion you want of this one, but that's just how it is. Any thoughts here, Diddy? Um, yeah, so... It's there was a comment, a uh, comment, comic that someone sent me uh, talking about uh, this this warrior. Right, he defeated all of these enemies, and the enemies in their dying breath they say, "We're going to come back and we're going to kill you when you don't have your sword again." And the hero says, "That's funny. My sword is just the tool. It's I can, it's easily replaceable. You Ooh. know, it's it's all about my skill. It's all about." how I use the weapons that I use. It's not the weapons that make me powerful. I myself am powerful. So I think leaving behind 
legendary, like all these raid weapons, Fang of Ur-Yu, Fatebringer, Vision of Confluence, right? We all know that they're the best PvE weapons out there currently, and they're the best for year one content. Well, guess what? Year two content is coming out. So year two gear should be better than year one gear, right? Absolutely. So I'm not really disappointed about this you know i it's expected like you said you know every mmo ever has had a system like this and people who are new to the mmo style uh, might be frustrated with this because they spent a lot of time and effort doing it don't need to get rid of it uh, unless we don't have the vault space for it Uh, but you don't need to really get rid of it because you know that year one content is so playable so we can still use that year one gear for those encounters so totally don't see much of a problem with it I, hey, I agree 150%. If you get one theme or motif from everything we've talked about today, they're changing a lot with year two. There's a lot of smaller, subtle things that we didn't have time to talk about in today's show, but they're changing a ton. And one of the ways that they're changing things is the new weapon that's looking to compete with Yalahorn, they released in the Game Informer article, and it's called, uh, what is it, the Sleeper Stimulant? Did you see this weapon, Diddy? Yes, I did. It looks really cool. It almost looks like the uh, the feedback fence uh, Titan armor piece. Oh, you're right. In a fusion rifle form. That's See, really I, cool. I thought it looked like the Dreadnought, kind of. It looks a little <laughs> bit like is, the Dreadnought ship. That's true. Yeah, it kind of does. I think it's going to be an Oryx kind of themed weapon. But what it is, it's a fusion rifle that sits in your heavy slot. It has a perk called Projectile Over, which means it penetrates enemies and the shot will ricochet once. So your projectile has the ability to ricochet, and it can also deal precision damage. Three-shot magazine, and your last perk for this exotic, will increase the bounce count of that projectile to five. So when you fire this fusion rifle, it can bounce up to five times and hit enemies. does massive damage, and as I hiccup here, it was designed to be a competitor to Yalahorn. The cool part is that In order to unlock the gun, the players first have to collect relics of the Golden Age, which have been scattered across the various locations of Destiny. After players bring these pieces back to Banshee44, who's the gunsmith, the ancient artifacts trigger a memory in the ancient Exo gunsmith, and he will invite players on an odyssey to repair and reactivate one of the Taken King's most striking exotics. Bungie doesn't want to spoil the story content of the mission, but it did say that there will be unique tasks and objectives required for completion, which might even include puzzles that are too hard for any one player to figure out on their own. Yes, please. Why are exotic quest lines like this good? Because it really... It feels like you really earn that weapon as well. Yeah. You invest all of this time and effort completing these tasks, and then you finally get that thorn, right? 500 points of void damage in Crucible as a hunter is painful if you mm-hmm. only have a void shotgun or, or void shotgun before the buff, which is yeah. how I got my thorn on PlayStation. It was just mind-numbingly painful and it's just like yes i finally earned this weapon and yeah let's do more of that i fully agree i think that wraps up our giant news dump there's more to talk about if you want to see any of the stuff we talked about check out our website destinytheshow.com diddy where can people find your content 
twitter.com slash diddy dts d-i-t-t-y dts and we'll be streaming a little bit more once i finish finals in the next week or so uh, more content on twitch.tv slash destiny the show and i say more content i mean two or three days more a week on that stream schedule so look around noon u.s central time on monday wednesday friday in a couple weeks awesome Remember to check out our friends at destinytracker.com, the best place to track your stats in the Destiny universe. You can head to our website, destinytheshow.com, for all the links from today and more. Follow us on Twitter, at destinytheshow. You can follow me, at bbkdragoon, on Twitter, or youtube.com, slash bbkdragoon. Thanks, everybody. Oh, and our Facebook. Yeah, our new facebook.com, slash bbkdragoon. It's growing, and you guys are interacting with us. What did I say? You self-promoted. Shame. (laughs) I want to edit this now so bad, but I'm not going to. It's facebook.com slash destiny the show. It's awesome. (laughs) People talk to us there and it's growing. We post all of the pictures from the weekly update and all those press images as well. So you can check those out. We've been getting some sweet press images. Some of this stuff is looking so exciting. Anyway, excited. Very stoked. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll talk with you next time.